At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. Listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Super NES podcast, episode number 223. Uh, I am Greg, joined by always by Joe. Hello. And once again, we are honored to have the guest host with us. Uh, like in a special episode of the Super NES podcast. This time, it's the guest host who has been here in the, who's been here in the past. Uh, been a while since he was, it's been a while since he was last here in the podcast. So it's always, it's always a pleasure to have. Uh, I'd like to have like Nick back on the podcast. So thank you again, with the, thank you again once again once again for joining us again, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for showing up. Yeah, and I, yeah, and as you might be guessing, we're guessing where we are covering a indeed a pinball uh, game on this podcast because Nick is our Nick is our resident pinball expert. So we always like bring him around to sound very smart and educated on these uh, these kinds of games. So, um, there are not many pinball games that are there, that they're released for the system, uh, and even less that came out in the U.S. So as it is, as it is with this game, we had to go to a Japanese-only game. But luckily, being pinball, uh, Japanese is not a problem. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I, as a matter of fact, except you know, except the title screen, I, I don't even remember seeing any Japanese in this game. But everything else was in English. So I mean, there's kanji symbols all over the playfield. Yeah, that's true, but. <laughs> An English, an English speaker can play the game without like, having any problems. So, Correct. Like, 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 trying to get across. So, um, so, so anyway, that's a long way. Anyway, that's a long way way of saying this is probably going to be our last pinball game uh, on the podcast because there's only like a couple pinball games left. I, uh, um, and, the, and the remaining ones are a very dubious quality. Like I think it's like a Kirby tie-in pinball game, also. Uh, and maybe a couple, like one or other two, like oddity games out there. But this is the last major pinball game in the system. And this is a game. This is, this is a game that many people consider to be the best pinball game on the system. The system, actually, which we'll get into here in a moment. But uh, we're covering Jackie Crush in this, like in this, in this episode, which is name may imply uh, is the third game of the so-called Crush series uh, pinball games. The first two being Alien Crush and Devil's Crush. So. Um, Neither neither those two games came out with Super NES. So, uh, Joe, I don't know if you have an experience playing like either one of those two games in the past. So I do have experience with Demons uh, Demon Crush, but I played it as Dragon Crush on the Sega Genesis. Um, I only later discovered the TurboGrafx-16 uh, Demon Crush and Alien Crush, and I still have yet to really dive into Alien Crush, but, uh, of course, Demon Crush... Uh, once I booted that ROM up and I noticed that it's basically Dragon Crush, um, I was very familiar with it and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the game. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I did not play either Aliens Crush or Devil's Crush back when they were new, but I have played, but I have since then played both games in emulation. I think both games like are very good. So, uh, Nick, do you have any experience like those two games? Yeah. Uh, similarly. Lee to you i i didn't play them when they were new but uh i have played them uh recently and uh 
yeah, I I also think they're they're pretty good. Um, I- interesting games, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are very different, but they are very different takes. On, they are very they are very different takes on pinball for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, all the games for the Crush series were developed by a company called uh, Compile, which we have not covered yet in this podcast. So, uh, but I said we mentioned. I said we mentioned them a little bit. Um, diehard gamers may recognize the name Compile because Compile did did, did, did Compile did develop some of the best games. Um, for the NES and some people's opinions. Um, they were around 1982 to 2003. Uh, they're probably best known for having done the Puyo Puyo series. Um, uh, uh, puzzler games, which Sega published like for them. Uh, Compile, didn't, Compile never actually published anything themselves. They always, you know, you know, they were simply a developer, developer who let other game companies publish, like published games, publish games for them. Uh, they're probably best known for they're probably best best known for having done the hit NES game. Well, it wasn't a hit at the time, but at the time, but it but it's become like a cult, like a cult favorite. Uh, the Guardian Legend for the NES, which is a great game. Oh, so, cool. Uh, they also uh, they also developed uh, they also developed Joe. If you played it, the very first Godzilla game like the NES, Monster of Monsters. Yeah, they're they also have a hand in uh, Blazing Lasers, which is in my a very opinion, good shooter. Yep. probably the best shooter on the TurboGrafx sixteen. So yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yes, the company yes, the company did the company the company had a mixed track record, which was a very track record, but they definitely they, they definitely did make some very like uh, um, uh, good games for sure. So. Um, and the and the Crush series and the Crush series were published to the Crush series was originally published in Japan by a company called uh, Naxitsoft. That's N A X A T, uh, who was around from 1988 to 2015. Most of their games were Japan only, so not really too much that uh, like that's not really, there's not really too many other games out there, other games that, that we're familiar to American, uh, uh, you know, like American players. Um, but they, with the possible exception, like the uh, with the possible exception, like a like very popular PC Engine Turbo Graphics 16 shooter game, uh, like called Psychosis. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, Alien Crush came out first, 1988. That was originally like a PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics 16 game. It, um, it was later ported to the Virtual Console, uh, the P- the PlayStation Network, and also in Japan only. Curiously enough, like on the 3DS. So. Uh, the virtual console options, however, have and PlayStation the options have way been shut down. So, if you want to play this game nowadays, you have to either do it the like your emulation or track down or track down or, or, or track down a North American TurboGrafx-16 copy of the game. Which, last time I checked, is not cheap. Those copies, you know, those games go for a pretty penny these days. Yeah, uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the more rare and more valuable TurboGrafx-16 games out there. So. Uh, Devil's Crush came out. That came out a year later, and it came out in 1990. It came out the Graphics 16 originally as well too. Then, as Joe mentioned, it also got a port, uh, like a port on Genesis uh, later on, uh, and was also available on the Virtual Console like for a while before being like dislisted off of that. Uh, there also, there also was there also there also was a remake um, of Alien Crush called Alien Crush Returns, which came out for the um, which came out for the Wii in 2008. So. Uh, it did not, however, get like the best reviews uh, like in the game that came out, unfortunately. So this is probably the this is probably the end of the series as far as as far as that goes. Uh, Jackie Crush itself was only available in Japan, only available only available like the Super Famicom. Um, it came out in um, came out I came out I came out it came out in nineteen ninety two. So 
Uh, you do have some options available to you in this game. They could do with the first two crush games. Uh, you, uh, um, when the game starts, you, when the game starts, you're able to do a config screen to change the various options. You also, you also, you also are able to. You also, you also like you also like able to enter a password. Uh, into this point, they want to continue playing like later on because there is, there is, there is, there is a story slash game objective which we'll cover in a moment. But that's what the password that's for feature four. You also can play either one player. Two-player alternating or two-player co-op, uh, which is again kind of similar to some of the options that the previous uh, Crush games, uh, Crush games like did offer you like in that series. So uh, the overall objective in this game uh, is you're trying to earn a billion points. Uh, once you do that, you're able to see the ending of the game. So that's what it says. So that's primarily what the password passwords for. Um, it takes, uh, like everything I said, like everything I saw online, I did not do this myself. I'm just saying for everything I saw online, like, like, like doing research, and it takes about 10 hours on average for somebody to get a billion points in this game too. Like, Whoa. So, um, <laughs> it's a pretty serious high commitment. I mean, like, you know, I appreciate, which, which, which is both good and bad, I think. I appreciate the fact that the pinball game actually is ending. And something, uh, so something to, like it was nice to have a game that nice to have a game which you actually like you know sit down with for like for a while, make progress on, get your passwords, leave it and go on, and resume it, come back later later on. But this is not like, but this is not your typical like sit down, sit down, play for like half an hour pinball game either. So uh, like that reason as well too. So uh, very curious, very curious design here. I'll definitely ask you guys later on what you um, um, what you think about that, but. Um, it plays very similar to the past Crush games. Uh, there's various tables. All there's various tables to access. Like all have a very like different uh, demonic slash uh, slash underworld look to them. Um, the the the, uh, the stages are huge. The, um, they scroll from top to bottom as you go through the play, uh, the play field. Um, uh, there are bonus rooms uh, that you can access, and also like um, that you that you can access access like and also like other like other other things to it. So uh, I'm going to ask Joe, uh, Joe here in a moment for his thoughts on the game before I hand it off to Nick because I'm sure Nick will have a lot more to say on this than we do. But he's always he's always great to explain the explain the the, 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 the pinball mechanics and whatnot. But um, the ball physics, the, the ball physics, the physics in this game, I thought were kind of a mixed bag. It's uh, I, was struggling, I was struggling for a while to try to find to try to find the best way to describe it for me. Um, I thought I I um I thought I thought on the negative side, the ball control was very difficult. I really had a hard time with this game trying to control where the ball want uh, you know trying to trying to aim the ball like where I wanted to go to. Um, however, however, to offset that, I thought on the plus side. Uh, the game seemed very forgiving to you, uh, easy in some areas because it seemed like compared to some tables, uh, at least at least when I played, uh, the ball very rarely went down the side drains for me. So I was able to, like, I was able to keep playing for a long time, which is good, which is good because, like I said before, I had a hard time trying to get the ball like where I wanted the ball to go to. So um, the Super NES, I think, struggles a bit trying to handle this game. Um, I did notice the limited resolution of the graphics. While the graphics I thought were very detailed, they are very limited in resolution. There wasn't slowdown and/or clunkiness to the gameplay for sure. The music also, uh, the music also I thought was also just, eh, it wasn't like it wasn't quite as good as the previous Crush games. I, I thought it was fine for what it was, but again, uh, but again, I thought the developers, 
I think the developers pushed the system to its limits with this game, and I kind of wonder why they why this had Super NES was it, was it, was the target platform this game supposed to Turbo Graphic uh, slash PC Engine, which were the first two games the series came, came out on originally. So I don't know what the design decision was for that, but but it does seem like the Super NES maybe wasn't the best system to handle to handle this game. So. Um, all in all, I thought it was a good game. I definitely, I definitely do not agree it's the best pinball game in the system, but I think, but I, but I definitely thought that anybody who enjoyed the previous Crush games definitely should like check this out. Um, oh, and before I hand it off, I will say, as usual, as usual, as usual, the Japanese name for this game is like very awesome sounding. To be the Japanese, the Japanese name of this game is uh, uh, like it's Jackie, like Jackie Hakai, which translates, which translates, which translates to Evil Demon Destruction. So, uh, very once again, very cool naming naming rights there for Japanese. But uh, Joe, uh, what do you think about this game like overall? So, I actually think the game looks pretty damn good. Um, I was actually surprised that it ran as smooth as it did because of how the graphics looked. Um, the three levels that you have are cool when you can actually access all of them. Um, I spent a lot of time on the first level, occasionally hitting the second level, and then very, 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 very seldom hitting the third level. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I thought the music was okay. It definitely sets the mood. Um, I was more impressed by the voice samples. Um, yes, and yeah, yeah. that creepy laugh after you lose a ball reminded me of Ganon's laugh in Zelda 2. Like, oh, yeah. That's mentioned part, yeah. part of it is like crushing because you lost your ball and the game's <laughs> laughing at you, but it's also a motivator to, uh, you know, hit the start button and go again and get further and get that uh, 1 billion points, which, by the way, spoiler, I did not get 1 billion points. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jackie Crush is, is more than a sum of its parts. Like, this, this game really represents, I think, um, both classic pinball mechanics and video pinball mechanics all in one. And of course it's got the, the bad guys and the bosses, um, which just add to that, um, tip for anyone out there. Um, definitely kill all the purple demons on the first level <laughs> as much as you can, because they supply ball saves, and you're going to need those ball saves, especially if you're going to play this for any extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of trial and error for me. Um, so one of the things I put in my notes is that there are three levels to the board. And as you fumble along, you'll learn how to unlock new openings and secret areas. And sure, I yeah. completely mean that. Um this game just drops you in and you play. Uh, whether you have experience with the former games or not, it doesn't instruct you uh, like where you have to go. And like I, I kind of harpened back to like Sonic Spinball, where it kind of gives you a goal and you gotta, you know, it kind of points you in the direction you gotta go. This is like your typical, I can't even say typical pinball machine because a typical pinball machine would also direct you in kind of where you need to go and would lay out those objectives you would at least have instructions instructions at the corners to look at to see like right right and then you're you're kind of blind here um but it's fun i i absolutely enjoyed my time with it um it's a mixed bag because of the fact that like jackie crush can last five minutes or 
it can last you a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe longer. Um, I was definitely in the uh, first part of that. Uh, spent most of my time, five, 10 minutes if I was lucky. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think like the physics were all that bad. Um, you know, I, I treated this like a video pinball game, not a pinball game. So I, I, I guess I was more forgiving as far as uh, some of that stuff. But yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. And the only complaint I have about this game compared to the others, since I do have experience with the previous games, <coughs> excuse me, is I felt this game felt really cramped. And yes, I just felt yeah. really claustrophobic, whereas the other games felt really open. Now, that's yeah, that, I think it's with the limitations of the Super NES. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> so I was thinking not only of limitations, but yeah. also, you know, because, you know, like Devil's Crush is so wide open compared, um, <clears throat> you can really go about and do what you got to do, and you can make, you know, moves and everything else. And I just think this is pure chaos on a cart. Um, and like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's definitely fun to, um, experience and I enjoyed every bit of it. So. Okay. Now, uh, yeah. So guess yeah, so I guess, yeah, so unfortunately I wasn't, unfortunately, well, I was not able to, uh, unfortunately I was not able to experience this game two player because I'm sure that like most of the games, it, it, it does, the, the, the enjoyment factor would be, would be greater playing, uh, uh, playing with somebody else. So, I also bet there would have been a lot of slowdown and stuttering. Probably with you. Yes, there probably would have been that for that too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like probably, probably not, probably not, probably not two player. Probably not, probably not regular two player because because that's like because that's like because that's like take turns. Yeah, that's true. But two player versus, yeah, there but, probably would have been. Yeah. So, but but uh, anyway, um, okay, Nick, you've heard about like heard our, our our thoughts, and you're the one who knows the most about pinball here. Uh, what was your overall what was your overall impressions impressions like on this game? Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of things that you both said. Um, uh, having some experience with uh, Alien Crush and uh, Devil uh, Demon Crush, um, I kind of knew what to expect. Uh, I, I thought the physics were pretty comparable to those, uh, despite being on a different platform. Um, and uh, the play field size is uh, pretty impressive for... Um, the lack of slowdown that the Super Nintendo encountered. Uh, I think the last game that we played uh, was that uh, licensed um, Namco game. Was, uh, yes. was that right? Yeah. 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 That one had a ton of slowdown in comparison. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty pleased with that. Uh, it is sort of a segmented play field. So there's three different uh, kind of playing areas. And I too spent most of my time in the lower one. Um, <laughs> and I found that there were certain things, um, certain goals that could be achieved. I didn't realize the link between the purple uh, demons and, and the ball save mechanics. So thanks for that joke. Yeah, no um, problem. I spent so much time down there. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, I was trying to, piece together what I could of the rule set with the time that I had mm -hmm. uh, to play it. And um, yeah, that was one. I was like, I, I'm not really sure why uh, the outlanes are blocked, <laughs> but, uh, but they are. And that's great. Um, so did the purple demons also bring the shrine up between the flippers, the pop-up post? I think so. so 
I want to say yes, but I, I think I remember go, getting sucked into a hole and like going into something and playing like a quick little like mini game before mm-hmm. I came back out and the face was gone and it was just those posts. So those those posts come after you destroy the face enough times, but not the okay. face, the little bean that floats. Around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and no, there's there's like a post that shows up between the flippers and it's in the shape of a shrine. Um, there is also another much larger shrine on the second playfield area. And so one thing I wasn't sure of is if you have to destroy that shrine before it appears between your flippers or if there's something on the lower area. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, but. I just kept killing the purple guys and it blocked the side ones and eventually I had one in the middle and I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's all down there. I I don't maybe. know. Um but yeah, so the uh, talking about uh kind of the the gameplay and the mixture of kind of the video and and the physical, I think the series does a, a pretty good job. It, it's fairly well regarded in um the pinball community, this, this series overall, um, for the gameplay aspects and, you know, the unique graphics and, and all that kind of stuff. And this is, uh, you know, another entry in, in the same series. So it's, it's got a lot of those same characteristics. One of the things that's pretty interesting about it is the way that the kind of video pinball aspect items interact with the ball. Uh, the ball never rolls over, much of anything without being diverted in some way. So there, there are uh, indicators like uh, like rollover buttons that appear in the in lanes, route lanes that are flames. There's there's a little um, kind of column that you can roll through on the second play field that's the same way. But almost everything else that I encountered uh, diverted the ball some way, and that includes that weird floating bean demon yeah. thing. <laughs> on the lowest play field, um, which which can be frustrating and the source of a lot of drains if you're aiming for that frequently, which I was. I wanted to see, right. you know, what happened when you cleared that. So if you hit that a certain number of times, the spectral demon face in the middle of that play field solidifies, and then you shoot a ball in that demon's mouth, and then it explodes and turns into three pop bumpers instead um which is pretty cool and those three pop bumpers remain for the rest of that game those three balls that you play um the slingshots on this game so they act just like slingshots on a regular game a slingshot is an arrangement of three posts with a rubber uh ring around them and a solenoid pulls in and uh pushes this little arm against that rubber ring and shoves the ball away. Uh, so that's that's the mechanical action that happens on a physical pinball machine. In these games, the slingshots are always something weird. And in this case, it's, it's some kind of uh, alien bug demon thing. Um, and if you hit them enough, their chest explodes into a bunch of bats um, that you can uh, roll over and, and squish. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, the lower section has, uh, demons that can walk around as well, aside from the purple creatures, which Joe mentioned, and that big spectral demon with the, with the bean that floats back and forth. Um, 
there's also a a dragon uh, with a couple of different heads. And if you manage to get one of their mouths open somehow uh, and shoot the ball into it, it'll take you to a bonus room. So uh, one that I got into the lowest head, I don't know if it's always the same room depending on the head, but the lowest head took me to a room where you have to break a bunch of demons out of ice and then you have to destroy the demons once they're broken out of ice. Hmm. Um, I did not complete that challenge. (laughs) (laughs) And once you drain out of that bonus room, luckily you're just returned back to regular play. Hmm. Um, On the second play field, there are various uh, smaller walking demons and then that large shrine that I mentioned that I believe you can destroy and then I think maybe it appears between your flippers but I don't know uh, there's also a staircase uh, behind the left flipper on that second playfield section did either of you manage to get the ball into there I think I did it once I don't remember like what happened it wasn't uh, I think it takes um um, um, I, uh, for like when I recall, it, like, I'll take you to a bonus room. Okay. Um, it, it looked very intriguing, but I could never manage to get the ball in, in there very well. Like I said before, I thought it was very hard to aim the ball to where you wanted to, uh, to go to in this game. So yeah, the, yeah, it was definitely a lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> the design of that, that second, uh, play field area is, in particular is, is really tricky unless you can get the ball on the right flipper, and then it's much easier to get it up into the third section. Um, If you're on the left side, which you are most of the time, at least I was, um, there's precious little to shoot for except for a larger demon, um, which kind of blocks your way over by the right flipper. Um, So it kind of acts as a kickback, and so it kicks the ball back towards that right flipper, so you got to be ready to flip pretty quickly um the third play field the uppermost one is is the most interesting and that has a bunch of uh demons kind of chanting and walking around a statue of a different demon (laughs) and uh you can hit all these little demons and once you do um a new set of demons will appear out of one of four different areas. There are two holes that are down by the flippers in this area, which are blocked off by demon hands, I guess. Um, And after you clear the second wave of those um, uh, circling demons, then the, the hand removes from one side and another set of circling demons comes out. And then the fourth, another set of demons comes out. Once you clear the fourth round, uh, then the statue in the center explodes into a different demon. Um, and this one is active. Uh, it's no longer a statue. Uh, at that point, I lost my ball, so I don't know <laughs> what happens, but it, it was cool looking for a second. Um, the other thing, uh, if you sink a ball into each of those kickout holes that are covered by those those demon hands, um, then it starts a two-ball multi-ball. Uh, and this was the only multi-ball I was able to luck my way into uh, in this game in the time that I had. Um, did either of you manage to get a, a multi-ball rolling? I, I never did. But then nope. again, I wasn't very good at this game either. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
let me tell you, you're not missing very much because here's how that goes. <laughs> the camera, uh, in order to maintain speed, will decide which ball is the primary ball and then ignore the other one completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your camera follows that one ball, but you have no idea what's going on with the other one while it's in play. And of course, they're both active at the same time, so it's pretty uh, challenging to to keep them going. So what happened is, uh, for me, the first ball drops down to the first play field, and I'm fighting to keep it alive. The second one, I'm just flipping every once in a while, hoping it's still up on that top play field. Um, But of course, it was slowly making its way down to me. Um, And then I lost the first ball, and it did a bonus countdown like I had lost my entire, you know, ball in play. Hmm. Um, so I was like, huh, that's a, that's a unique multi-ball rule. And then the game resumed with that other ball still in play. Um, not, you know, there wasn't another one to launch. It, it yeah. was just, you know, following that, that last one. So when I lost that one, it did another bonus countdown. Very weird. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was interesting. Um, I, I did find that that was really super confusing. So I don't know um, if I just performed so poorly that <laughs> uh, the game just didn't expect that I would I would do that badly or or what exactly. But uh, anyway, um, the only other big note that I have about gameplay is that there's a match sequence. So in a traditional uh, pinball game when there's a match sequence it matches the last two digits or last three digits of your score or last single digit and when it matches the random number that it comes up with uh, you get a replay so you get to play again well, obviously the replay has no meaning in this game because you're not putting in quarters in order to play it uh, so instead it gives you an extra ball and I, I matched once and that was on the the one fantastic game that I had, and uh, got an extra ball, and that was that was very exciting. That's the only way I was able to get an extra ball, um, and then I immediately lost it. But <laughs> <laughs> the thought was there, and that's uh, that was exciting. Um, so my my best score was just under a million points, and. Uh, I thought that was pretty good, but a billion points to finish the game yeah. uh, is uh, feels unachievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. Like I think I got like seven hundred fifty thousand, somewhere close there. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like when I saw that, like one billion was the target. I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna play this and have fun. I'm not gonna attempt to beat it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hence the online estimate of it being like ten hours of gameplay, roughly, to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, <laughs> so I do think I I didn't realize that there was, and this is you know, uh, lack of reading apparently uh, on the main screen, but uh, I didn't realize there was password entry. Um, yes. Yes. So, so that makes a huge difference, especially if your score carries through there are some passwords. Special, there are there are, some, there are some special special, pass, special passwords that you can use also, which I mentioned here, but toward the end of the podcast. Yeah. So. Um. I'm. Uh, how do you trigger the the password to uh that? Does it give you one at the end of each session? Like, uh, how how do you get the password to enter? Well, for me, it just gave you a password just like after it was game over. So okay, uh, that that's the lack of reading and observation on my part. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes it much more manageable. I, I will say that at almost a million points, I, I was like, wow, that was like game of my life. Uh, right. you know, I'll never, never come anywhere close to that again. But, uh, but yeah, if the score carries over, that's, that's huge. Um, that would make a big difference. Or if, uh, certain, you know, uh, achievements within the game carry over. So like, uh, completing that demon phase, for example, would right. be a big deal. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I found it very interesting. The the mechanical portions felt very good to me, like uh, the way that the ball moved within the pop bumper cluster that appears in place of that spectral demon face, even though it's right above the flippers, which is a very uh, challenging area. If that were on a physical machine, yeah. um, it uh, felt really good. And I rarely had an issue with the ball uh, rolling out of there in a weird way that was unrecoverable. Um, I did have a couple of, of uh, what uh, pinball players like to call power drains, <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> where yep. the ball just flies straight down the middle. Um, but they were fairly rare. So, uh, as Joe was saying, you know, it was uh, if you could uh, keep keep the ball in that lower area and really focus on your shots it was pretty forgiving overall with the um side drains blocked off and and all that and uh, i guess one of those purple demons also opens the lane back to the to the launcher to the shooter lane yes uh, yeah okay um because i did that a couple times and uh, i i couldn't figure out the the reason for it but uh but that makes a big difference too and it's uh it's always an exciting event to be able to relaunch your ball uh the the plunge on this game though is kind of kind of weird <laughs> in that in that it angles up into that second play field so yes. you know right away you're kind of um uh not at ease with what's happening in the game because the the camera obviously has to cut to that second area um as it launches so it's uh it's a little uh interesting at, at first and until you kind of get used to that um concept but but yeah overall very fun game um really interesting lot a lot of demons walking around <laughs> yeah. uh that that need crushing in, in some way <laughs> um so i was i was happy to uh to play this so thanks for suggesting it Oh yeah, sure. I mean, you know, uh, the, uh, the name definitely matches the overall theme of the game for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yes, I had no problem with that. Um, the temper- oh, and I just want, I wanted to add one more thing. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Um, one one other thing that I meant to mention that was in my notes and I totally forgot. Um, I did like that the uh, nudge buttons were the left and right buttons mm-hmm. um, yeah. on the shoulder and. For the most part, if you nudge it left or right, it did a pretty good job of like hitting that wall on that side. So you could actually do some pretty good ball saves just by nudging, which is one of those nice little aspects that, you know, if you're on a really good run, nudge, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. I definitely agree. So, um, uh, 
despite the fact this was a Japanese-only game, a lot of a lot of a lot of Western magazines, web magazines, publications did review the game back when it came out in 1992. Um, so they got very mixed receptions from them. Uh, many of the many of the pros and cons that we've already talked about in this podcast be the same ones that the same ones that these people mentioned. Um, just to give some examples, uh, computer video games gave like 70, uh, 70 out of hundred. Uh, game fan gave a three or six out of four hundred. Joy, joystick gave sixty. Joystick gave sixty percent, um, uh, and so on, and so on. So more, more uh, like more modern reviews have been like have been um, um, uh, like definitely been like higher uh, on the game. Uh, which was before that maybe people consider this to be one of the best games, uh, best pinball games in the system. But it was. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people compare this game to the previous Crush games, which I know is not always the fairest thing to do, but it's the easiest way to draw comparisons. And a lot of people, uh, so a lot of people back then considered this game to be the weakest game of the trilogy. Uh, but not everybody. There were a couple. I'm um, you know, the. I um, mean, yeah, there were a couple of uh, yeah, there were a couple of bag of, of magazines that magazines considered to be the best game, the, the best game in the series. So uh, that being the worst was not with the um, uh, was definitely not shared by everybody. So um, I think part of the problem is that we're getting a we're trying to make a third game, the third game in the franchise with very similar with like very similar theming and ideas and whatnot. You you can't really it's hard to reinvent things. Too often, so a lot of this game does. I I, I, um, uh, I totally can see that like, the feeling people had that a lot of this game just like borrowed from the past games. Really wasn't too original. So um, I thought there was never original original stuff in this game to be entertaining. But um, but you know I think that playing the games back to back to back, I think probably um, uh, because these games did come out in a relatively short period of time back then. You know, three games in four years. I think um, you know. I, I definitely could also see like where someone's coming from, like that side. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Nick, overall, uh, I know you said like this game, but how would you compare this to other pinball games you play in the system? Would you think this is like one of the best games on there? Uh, as far as ball physics, uh, I would say yes. Um, there are fewer interesting things to do within this game from a video aspect than for example that namco game that that we played where there there was seemingly a lot of uh unique things to do um and a lot more variety um but uh, as far as actual pinball feel this this is uh by far (laughs) uh preferable to to some of the other uh games that i've played on, on the system uh for sure uh thank joe how about you i mean i think this is actually a very good addition to the series of games um i would probably put this probably third okay uh, you know and I, by the way I, I said it was dragon's crush it's dragon's fury on the genesis yeah um, they renamed it yeah, but, they yeah. like another record release. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> you know, De- Demons Crush is a like I don't know. That's like that's got to be the pinnacle um, of the series. So it's it's not better than that. But the adaptation that was on the Genesis, it's pretty close. And I know it's Demons Crush just converted to Dragon's Fury, but. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like this game. You should definitely check it out. Don't be discouraged. Um, and you know what? If uh, you play it for five minutes, you lose all your balls, but you had a good time, you can thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, well, obviously, emulation is the only way that uh, 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 the only way you're going to play this game unless you actually like, track down track down a car, which would uh, like we're getting to like uh, car pricing here, uh, car pricing related to debt. So, um, yeah, um, it's hard for me to say which which of the crush games uh, uh, um, you know, you know, you know, I like the most. I think I think I think for me personally. Um, you know, Alien Crush is still my favorite because that game was the first time I played, and because that because it, and because the whole idea behind it was was new and fresh to me at the time. Whereas like Devil's Crush and Jackie Crush, I, I thought it didn't bring too much to the table. Not that it was a bad thing, and just like I think that Alien Crush was so was so different that really like made an impression on me, and and, and for that reason, still my favorite of the series. But I think all three games in the series are like, pretty good, so um, definitely a very different take on pinball for sure. One that we don't really see too often over here in the West. So uh, I definitely was happy to have an excuse to finally play this. Yeah, I mean, the only other pinball game that I can really say that I enjoyed outside of the Crush series was uh, Kirby's Pinball for the Game Boy. Okay, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic pinball game. Uh, But it's a totally different beast, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know... Playing on a console, it's it's got to be the Crush series. I can't think of like even uh, Crew Ball, in my opinion, is not a a great pinball game. It's fun, but it's not a great pinball game. Okay, yeah, sure. But uh, um, all right, so uh, so I guess that works for final thoughts, Joe. Before, uh, so, so before we move on with passwords, with passwords and eBay, and and that stuff, that end things up. You have any like final thoughts that you want to say, uh, like about the game or pinball, like overall, Nick? Um, pinball's fun, and so is this game. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, give it a shot. Um, if you're a fan of, of the other games in the series, definitely give it a give it a look. Um, and uh, if if you're just interested in in seeing an alternate take on a pinball layout, uh, this is even devoid of any of the the graphical flourishes uh that the game presents Mm. it is uh definitely an interesting geometric uh setup that you don't see in physical reality often or in uh uh you know other um video pinball aspects so um worth a look yeah yeah uh, yeah i I definitely would you know i definitely um do I agree with all that? So uh, there's a bunch of passwords you can use in this game to give yourself a leg up. Uh, um, so you know various passwords you can find online, which actually which actually which you up with like various point point levels and also like number like also like number of balls to start off with. Uh, one password I have here is search you up as high like it's made like 85 balls. So uh, you'll be able <laughs> that to- That would do it. So, yes, yes, you'll be able to play for a while if you use that password. Um, there's, there's, there's a password, you can, there's one password, password that you can use that that, 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 that starts you off of 999-999-000 points. So you only need um, a th- um, a, a 900 more points to be able to get a, uh, uh, like you reach the billion point level that I can see the ending of the game. Yeah, crush end. What yes. a creative password. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, the ending's, unfortunately, the ending's not very much. The ending, the ending is all Japanese. So, uh, and it, um, it, it's all just like some static screens. It looks like, like what I can see online. So you're not missing very much, but yeah, it's, it's static screens with a bunch of, uh, Japanese text, uh, which I did not understand. Nope. Um, so it really, uh, kind of killed it for me. Um, it, <laughs> like, thank God the game's, you know, fun to play because, yes. Uh, this, there's for us at least there is no story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, some other so it's fear that like so the the useful passwords. There's one password that adds level select like the option menu, which is nice. Um, there's, there's one password that kind of works kind of like you know the cue ball and pool, and it like, allows you to move the ball by here on the table that you want to, which okay. is also like uh, um, uh, that which, which is also like very handy for setting up like certain shots. Um, and there's also another password, which, which, which you want to, I, I, I don't know why you would, I don't know why you would, but if you want to, it makes most table black and white. So, <laughs> so, if you, so, so if you prefer to play it that way, you can do that too. So I guess that works if you're colorblind. Um, maybe, maybe black and white makes some of the more details pop out more possibly. I, I guess that I, 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 that's the only possible reason I have possible reason that I can see for having it in because, um, because this is like the you know because this is like the eighties, uh, like for those like, like those old times out there like myself, we may remember the the early the early video the early video game systems like Atari Twenty Hundred and the television had black and white switches was there's what color switches on them to play, right. to play the games in black and white because everybody back then had a color TV set so, uh, but that went away in the eighties so it's like I don't know why anybody would, would bother with that now but it's there so <laughs> maybe maybe it's just a graphical filter and it just looks cool. Yeah. Yep. That's all of a sudden. Yep. Uh, uh, all those like very viable guesses. So, yeah. um, eBay. You can't find the game on eBay. It's not super common, but there are copies out there like available for purchase. Um, at the time of doing research, there are twenty five copies of this game. Uh, this game that currently be that are currently listed. Nine copies of the game recently sold. Um, I usually limit. I usually limit these searches only to copies available in North America. However, since I have, since this was an import title, I also um, you know, I did this search worldwide uh, to try to set to try to cast in as much of it as possible because I suspect that most copies were only available in Japan, which is true. But there are some North American sellers who are selling the game also. So, um, and like most Japanese only games, there are available repros of this game as well. Uh, uh, um, uh, they want to save some money. Uh, people have mocked up what the game would look like, it, it, possibly, possibly what it would look like with, with a very North American-ish looking label, uh, and also and also burned onto a regular Super NES card, so you can just plug into your Super NES system or system mm. whatever and play play, play that way. Uh, in case you don't have like a red Redcon or any other system out there which can play Japanese Japanese games, um, so but, so like so that's a nice touch. Uh, the repros were the repos were only available in, in card only. These are these prices don't ship. All these prices don't ship. By the way, uh, the repos being sold for the repos were the flight being sold for like twenty five dollars. So um, card only. The prices were not that bad considering like considering this is kind of like a more like um, uh, uncommon game and the uh, 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 Japanese only. Uh, cards only. Card only prices of this game for for, for having sold recently ranged from thirty seven to forty to forty two dollars. So, and see, I made copies of the game. If you wanted to go that route, or sold anywhere from sixty-five dollars to ninety-two dollars. So, a little bit more pricey for Super NES stuff, but not, uh, but not that bad, like all things considered. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, so if you want a copy of the game, it's not too expensive uh, to, uh, um, uh, to get it. And like I said before, except for the ending, uh, almost the entire game uh, likes the English, or, or, or if you really like, don't need to know any Japanese to play it. So you definitely can enjoy this, you uh, uh, as it stands. So, um, it's too bad, we, like, too bad we haven't seen a collection uh, like of these games, mm-hmm. uh, but both Compile and Access Soft out of business at this point. I don't know really who has the rights to them anymore. These, uh, uh, yeah, these days, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, and for that, unfortunately, it's caught by a lot of older games because, like you know, games developed by older, older companies which which have now gone bankrupt. The rights obviously are there are rights obviously they're going to somebody, but the company who has the rights man who has rights nowadays may not even know they have the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, uh, you know that's that, that's a problem. That's a problem they felt that they felt the, the, the computer game system shock. If anybody out there has played it mm-hmm. for a very long time, where it's like a liquidator company had the rights to the game for a long time and didn't even um, um, like mean like um, uh, acknowledge it. So uh, I'm sure somebody has the rights has the rights to crush series these days, but they be but they either don't care or don't even know they have the rights. Apparently, so uh, I think a collection of this game would probably do like very well. Um, uh, you know, I mean, like for sure, but, um, so oh, apparently so- a company called Aki, A-I-K-Y took over much of what, uh, had been Compile's, um, company and, uh, they own the rights to all of Compile's games. That's assuming, that's assuming, however, that, that's assuming, however, that Compile kept the rights to the Crush series and the publisher didn't have them. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Because, because the, Sometimes you know, sometimes that can happen too. So, um, you know, you know, it would be nice, maybe like someday. But, um, but a friend, but uh, but a friend recently did, but a friend, but, but a friend recently did like turn me turn me on to another game on Steam that, that came out recently that is very similar to the Crush series. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you guys like play Demon's Tilt? Yes, I was yeah. going to mention yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> very good game. Very obviously inspired by the Crush games. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. I actually had that on the Switch. It's okay, so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you're looking for yes, yeah, so you're looking for the. Yes, you're looking for yes, you're looking for like a more like modern like a, like a modern take uh, a modern like crush crush that pinball game. Definitely by all means check it out. Uh, the game currently the game currently is on the game the game currently currently is on, is on Steam for twenty dollars, but it does go on sale uh, on sale frequently. So um, you could probably like pick it up like pretty cheaply. Uh, there's there's also there's also apparently an older is this game older? Hold on a second, let me look. Demon's Tale came out in twenty nineteen. There's there's a there's there's another pinball game. Okay, get this new one. Uh, there the, the the same developer um uh, is also working is also working on another pinball game currently on the access uh which is called like Xeno Tilt. So that also looks like pretty promising. I sense a theme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so uh, yeah, I don't find anything. I, like, yeah, so uh, I don't, yeah, I don't buy anything like Nerd Access anymore these days because I got burned like one too many times. But um, when the game does come out of Nerd Access for sure, I'll check it out. So, so the the obvious next step will be Jackie's Tilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Assuming they can use the name, which they probably could, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, very fun pinball game. Glad to check it out with the podcast. Um, you know, you know, as always, Nick, we very much appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to come to come to come here with us and talk about the talk about this with us. So um, thank you. So thank you once again, sir. Um, 
what projects, uh, projects, uh, websites, podcasts, whatever you're working on currently, currently that's like the plug. <laughs> so many, um, <laughs> where to start? Uh, well, first, thanks very much for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate getting the a uh, chance to talk with you all about uh, these these fun games, and especially ones that I haven't uh, had a chance to experience previously, like like Jackie's Crush. Um, I am a manufacturer of physical pinball games, and uh, you can learn more about uh, my uh, kind of uh, vampire-themed game called Drained at drainedpinball.com. Um, and the other games that I make for uh, pinball platforms and uh, computers and uh, other things uh, like the Playdate, uh, that little portable console with a crank, uh, and other podcasts that I do are all at my company's website, which is foramusementonlygames.com. Um, so yeah, come come check it out if you like. Okay, awesome. Uh, and Joe, Spring Listers, like find you at. You know, all the typical places. I'm on X, uh, J-O-E-S-U-X-3-0. You can Google me or the podcast um, and Radical Retro Roundup. And, uh, yeah, you'll find it. Go listen. Uh, It's been a fun revival. We've officially hit a year. And, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I think, Greg, we've been doing this for, what, three, four years now? It doesn't even feel like it's been that long. About three years, I think, at this point. Yeah. yeah. And it's like George and I just killed a year and like it didn't even feel like it. <laughs> Time flies and you're having fun. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, so, but all right. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, we'll have you back at some point, I'm sure, Nick. Like I said before, I think we're pretty much tied up to, I think we're tied up to, I think we're tied up to pinball games cover, except that we're like, you know, like obscure or not very good ones, but there are many other good Super NES games you probably have experience with. So we'll find something something suitable to bring you back to the podcast for. Sounds good. I look forward to But So next to the podcast, with our, I believe this is our last game of the, um, your our last cover game of the year, Joe, uh, if I remember correctly, um, is no, no, sorry, next to last game of the year. Uh, yeah, we're going to be covering uh, another another franchise like like the recently that crazy franchise. We're going to be looking at the King of the Monsters games on the Super NES, which are ports of the very famous Neo Geo games, and there was two of them, uh, I believe, Joe. Yep, two. Okay, yeah, all right. So um, those are those are fighting. Uh, kaiju games clearly inspired by Godzilla. So uh, I remember playing them like near. Uh, so I remember playing them like near arcade and Neo Geo, and they were like very good. I've never played Super NES versions. So I'm curious to see how much they got watered down, but probably a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's probably better than the Genesis version. <laughs> there was uh, I did not I did not know there was Genesis support as well. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that oh, there was only one, I believe, for the Genesis. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna do a quick Google. I'll tell you. Okay, uh, sounds good. Anyway, yeah, so uh, we will be back next time. Next time with you, like for that podcast. Like, so stay tuned. Uh, this would be my first time playing those games, and probably, and I, and I think Joe's first Super NES experience playing those games as well. So we're both going to come to this with like pretty, like pretty fresh perspectives. Yeah, the the first, or sorry, the second game uh, was released for the Genesis, so we didn't even get the first game. Okay, all right, sounds good, but. Uh, 
All right. Well, as always, uh, thank you very much for giving us a few minutes of time, like out there. Like, like we very much, like we very much appreciate it. Um, you know, and we, like you know, and we, uh, we'll catch you again uh, later on. Stay safe, be well, and uh, take care, everybody. Bye. Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Mm.